Hello, and welcome to the Team Church Sunday Sermon. We pray that this word blesses you. Be built up, be encouraged, and move forward for Christ. For more information, check out teamchurchglasgow.org. Amen. Amen. So, I'm going to continue. This is part two in growing in divine perfection, impossibilities becoming possible. So, I want to continue where I left off last week. We had looked at, if you missed last week's sermon, thank God you've heard it's on Spotify, it's online, YouTube. You know, go and follow the link and you will be able to catch up on what was said last week. So briefly, we talked about, you know, the God's definition of perfection. Bearing in mind that the human or dictionary word of perfection makes it look impossible. But God's definition of perfection tells us perfection is possible. And thank God we have a father who will not tell us to do what is impossible for us to do because he's a perfect God and his spirit dwells inside of us. So we looked at the people that he referred to as perfect. And we also looked at how he gave Abraham, then Abraham, the instruction to become perfect. He says, he called Abraham in Genesis 17 verse one, he said, he called Abraham, then he was Abraham and said, walk before me and be ye perfect. And he told Abraham what he had, how he had blessed him, how he would multiply him. And he then said to Abraham, I'm going to cut a covenant with you. And he told Abraham that through Abraham, all the nations of the world will be blessed. And we are blessed as a result of that covenant. And then he gave Abraham another instruction and that to be able to establish this covenant, Abraham had to circumcise every male child. But today, God is not looking for physical circumcision. He's looking for the circumcision of our hearts. Hallelujah. So I want you to begin to ponder down this. I had also said last week that there was something God did as well. He called Abraham. He said, walk before me. He gave him his blessings. He cut a covenant and he changed his name. Okay, so there was an order. He said, Abraham, from now on, you will not be called Abraham, but you'll be called Abraham. And when we go further down, after giving him the instruction of how he would ratify this covenant or what he would do, he also said, Sarai, remember from last week, princess will not no longer be called princess, but will be called Sarah. And Sarah, Sarah means noble woman. And I said last week that in, when you look at the Hebrew spellings of their name, God put hey, which is number five, which also means grace. God puts grace in the middle of their names in their Hebrew, the Hebrew meanings of their names. And they received grace to be everything God called them to be, to walk before God and be perfect. Remember, when we look at what they had done before, remember, Sarai had given Haggai to Abram, walking for God instead of allowing God in and walking before God. 
And God wanted to correct that. Why did God want to correct that? What was his plan of divine perfection for Abraham? We know that through him, Jesus was going to come. Through him, the nations of the world will be blessed. Through him, we can say we are the seed of Abraham in Christ and as according to the promise. So if Abraham did not walk before God and be perfect and walk in God's perfect plan, hallelujah, what would have happened? We will not be able to claim on that. So that tells us something that in through grace, God has a perfect divine plan, a divine perfection plan for every one of us. Hallelujah. But it takes his grace to walk in it. And he showed us that from Genesis 17. So this then takes us to John. We're going to look at John chapter 1, verse 17. John chapter 1, verse 17 says, and grace and truth, the law was given by Moses. So it's coming up on your screen, and I want us to read it. It says, grace, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And if you look quickly at verse 16, it says, of his fullness have we received, we have received of him. So you have the fullness of God within you and grace upon grace. Hallelujah. So what does that mean to us as children of God in Christ? It means to us, for us, we don't have to do physical things that Abraham did. Jesus has already gone to the cross, shed his blood, and ratified that covenant, the new covenant for us. And not only that, for everyone that has received him, hallelujah, has become a child of God. He says, to all that received him, he has given power to become the sons of God. Then if we are the sons of God, we are new creatures in Christ. Grace and truth has come through Christ. So if we are in Christ and Christ in us, it means grace and truth is in us, is available to us. And therefore, if we are in Christ, we are new creatures. Hallelujah. As a new creature, the old pattern has gone and the new order, the new pattern has come. And therefore, in Christ, there is the grace we carry, the grace to walk in divine perfection. Remember, we are not perfect in our flesh, but there is a divine perfection plan of God for us. And as we begin to know who we are and what we carry, what, do, what happens? We begin to know as we go into the word, we begin to know this plan. There is the grace that the word opens to us. Grace shows us God. Grace is a gift and righteousness, right standing with God is a gift that has come as a result of this grace that we have. He says, 
you have it already. Keep hold of John chapter 1, 16 and 17. And I want us to now, from here on, let's look at James chapter 1, and we're going to read from verse 22 to 25. Okay, James chapter 1, and I'm going to read mine here from King James Version. James chapter 1, and we're going to read it together. Praise God. From verse 22 to 25. And it says, but be ye doers of the word. Listen to this. And not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. I want you to, you know, sometimes we read the scripture and we jump. What does doer of the word mean? To be a doer is taken from the Greek word poeti, which means like a poet. It says, be a performer of the word. Perform the word. In Christ, we have been given the grace to perform the word. Not just, so it says, how do you perform the word? It says, be you doers of the word and not hearers only. And then let's keep going. He is, it says, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, okay? And we can use the word glass like a mirror. It says, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgeteth what manner of man he was. But we're reading to verse 25. So verse 25, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, Hallelujah. And continueth therein. So what's he saying to us? When you look at the word and you hear the word and you do the word, hallelujah, and continue to do it with this a diligence thing. It says, therein he being not only a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Hallelujah. So, how can you be blessed? How can you walk in divine perfection? And how can you realize God's divine perfect plan for your life? How can you walk in it? By not only being a hearer of the word, but a doer. Which means, when you look in this mirror of the word, what do you look like? When you walk away and don't do it, you forget what you look like. That's what he described in verse 22. Now, I want us to stay following the same scripture, the same line of scripture. We're also going to look at Proverbs chapter 27, verse 19. Proverbs 27, 19 is coming up on your screen and I'm going to read it from here. Praise God. Proverbs 27, verse 19. I hope you are not only looking at the screen, but it's important to mark your Bibles as well 
so that you can go back and look at this. It's not only a sermon for today, but you can listen over and over and go back to the scripture and get more, draw more from it. He says, as in water, face answered to face, so is the heart of man to man. As in water. So what is water? Anytime you look in water, what do you see? A reflection of yourself, which is like a mirror. He says, face answers to face. You look at yourself and you can see your reflection. And what else? So the heart of man to man. Remember, Jesus came as a man. So when we look at the word of God, what happens? The more we look in this mirror, which is like water, you know, a reflection of ourselves, what do we see? He says, face answers to face. You begin to be transformed into the image and the likeness of your savior, our savior, hallelujah. And the heart of man to man, you begin to know what is in the heart of God and what is his heart for you. And you begin to move in that line. Praise God. So I want us to consider this. When, as we walk and determine to walk in divine perfection, in this season, which is not man's definition of perfection. I need to keep repeating that so that we do not look at ourselves in the way of man, but look at ourselves through the eyes of God. Like I said last week, God wants us to look up to him, be more spiritual. Let his word be foremost in your heart so that you can walk in his divine perfection plan his plan for you is perfect. When we walk in it, that is walking in divine perfection. You just see that some things begin to change. And God's word has integrity. God's is, you know, he said, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. What he says he will do, God will do. He's not shaky. He's not wavering about what he says to us. And I want us to look at, um, before we look at the next scripture, um, I think it was Miles Monroe that gave this example. And, you know, I've used it and, you know, everybody that knows it knows the story. That there was once, you know, an eaglet, you know, a little baby of the eagle that was lost. And this farmer saw this um, little eaglet baby and brought it because he was rearing chicken. And this eaglet was growing among chicken. So can you imagine an eaglet growing amongst chicken? And so the chicken can only fly so far. And therefore, whatever the chicken ate, the eaglet ate. Whatever they have ever far the chicken could fly, the eaglet thought that was how he could fly. And so the eaglet began to grow among the chicken. And even though, you know, they were all growing and he was seemed to be growing bigger, it was this eaglet was limited by what was around him because of all the chicken he grew up with. And he would see some chicken die and lay eggs, you know, different things were happening. And then one day the mother eagle was flying round and recognized. And this eaglet looked up and thought, wow, 
I wish I could fly and saw this high. And the mother would come near and he would look at this eaglet, eagle, mother eagle, and think, wow. And then one day, there was a bowl of water and this eaglet looked in and thought, wow, I look like that bird. I don't look much like this chicken. I look like that bird that is flying up there. And one day he decided that, do you know what? I'm going to try and fly further than the chicken. Further than how we used to fly with the chicken. And immediately he flew. He realized he could fly up to the mother eagle. And from then, he lost his connection with the chicken and realized chicken is for eating and not for the terrain of the eagles. Praise God. The more we look at the word of life, that kind of impossibility that that eaglet thought of, that kind of limitation and restriction in the realm of the physical that we are, the more we look into the word of life, the more we realize now we are not made for this little. We are made for higher things. Amen. And so Proverbs, we're going to look at another scripture. Proverbs 11 verse 3. It says the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity or by their perverseness. You know, I went to look at different versions of this. Listen to this. What is the integrity? The interesting thing is that when we were looking at the Hebrew word of the meaning of perfection, integrity is part of it. Remember, it had integrity, walking in uprightness, walking in fullness, wholeness, completion. So Proverbs is telling us something here. So the integrity and is another word definition that is similar to perfection. Fullness, completeness, innocence of the upright. Perfection or simplicity, according to Strong's definition, of the upright guides them. Okay? So, when you walk in divine perfection, you are guided. Right? It says, both the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity or perverseness. And what is, or crookedness or distortion, you know, walking in distorted ways. And um, it's like, Lord, we want to walk in integrity. We want to be children of God that works in completeness. It works in integrity, you know. And um, it brings me to a story, um, Kenneth Hagin, not in story, really, direction that Kenneth Hagin gives. Um, I heard him in one of his books. And um, I thought, wow, Lord, I want to be able to live by this because, you know, it's good to talk about the word, but it's also good to bring in practical ways in which, you know, we can tune our spirits to the spirit of God so that we can walk in the ways that God wants us to walk and walk out of the things that God does not want us to do. You know, when he knew that Abraham was not walking uprightly, what did he do? Or walking before him and making his way perfect. He knew that he had to correct his direction. And so we want to walk in integrity. We want to walk in uprightness. We want to walk in completeness. And so I heard this story, by, uh, this instruction by Kenneth Hagin. He said, 
you know, as a man thinketh, so is he. Yeah? As a man thinketh in his heart, because what we think would produce what we do, and what we do would produce the results that we get. And so, if we say, I'm going to see you today at so-so-so time, but you already know in your heart that you're not going to be there at so-so-so time. Some of us have a way of saying, by God's grace, hmm, the grace of God is already in us. Now, if you develop a habit where you know you're not going to be there, and you don't call to say, sorry, I'm delayed, I'm not going to be there, or this is what's going to happen, you find that when you have that habit, little by little becomes a habit. Oh, I will do this for you, and you don't do it. I will go there tomorrow and make sure this happens, and you don't do it. Automatically, your, your conscience is programmed that any time you're going to do things, you're not going to always keep to your word, integrity. You're not always going to do it. And that this affects how we receive from God too. When we already programs our, our program our minds and we don't have integrity, when we pray to God and expect the answer, testimony or manifestations, automatically we've programmed ourselves out of getting the answers on time. Why? Because our soul guides us. It says the soul, the integrity of the upright guides them. So it means you become unfaithful. You're not diligent in integrity. And it affects how you receive God's word, how you have faith in it, and how you re re receive answer to prayers. So when you're praying and you're saying, Lord, your word says this, your word says that, your word has integrity. You are not a man that you should lie. You are a child of God. Remember you're in Christ. There's grace in you and of his fullness you have received. But in your soul, you're already a person that doesn't keep their word. And when it becomes a habit, it automatically goes into your spiritual life. You can't, you can't, um, you can't shift it. You automatically feel God will not answer. You automatically feel your answers will be delayed. You automatically feel mm, he will give it to Abel, he might not give it to me. You programmed your heart that way. That's you. So what do you need to do? I, it, I'm talking to myself too because I do it. And I say to people, please, if I forget, remind me. So I try to get a diary because there's so many things on my heart because I want to be a person of integrity. Why? Because it affects how I receive from God. And I don't want to be destroyed for unfaithfulness or crookedness. You know, in, integrity also means when you are something to some people, but when people are not there, you're something else. But we know that God sees the heart and he sees behind closed doors. But we want to walk in divine perfection. Hallelujah. And God wants us to do that. If he could intercept the life of Abraham, he's intercepting our lives today to say, do you know what, church? We can walk in integrity. We can walk and be guided by the, by the word of God. And so I want us to um, look at this. It says, 
in, again, the integrity, fullness, completeness, innocence, perfection, simplicity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity, like a chameleon, crooked dealing, perverseness or distortion. And we need to walk in integrity. And the more we do this, what happens? The more things that looked impossible begins to become possible in our lives. Now, when you do this and you are looking at the word of life on a daily basis, meditating on the word and doing the word, you will know the truth because grace and truth has come by Christ Jesus. No one will be able to talk you out of the truth and no one will be able to talk the truth out of you because what you know, you hold on to and you walk in it. Hallelujah. Now, what happens at the back of that? Your confidence in God begins to increase. The more your confidence in God increases, your faith would increase. The more your faith increases, the more you begin to realize the things that you thought were not possible begin to become possible. The more you begin to listen Make God's word priority. I keep saying it. This is the way this man walked before God. After all, Jesus said it. We read it last week. He says, be thou perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. He wants this of us. He says, the more you do this walk, the more the Holy Spirit begins to teach you. The more he begins to guide you the more he begins to take you into realms of the word that you never thought possible. And so I want to ask you a question. Have you started looking into this word of life on a daily basis? Or have, are you starting and stopping? Church, as I'm talking to you, I'm talking to myself because diligence is the key here. What are you putting in place? Is there a channel which you hear the word of God on a daily basis? Because the more you do this, the more you're able to pray, the more you're able to get feedback from the realm of the spirit. The more your eyes of understanding become open, the more you begin to realize, wow, I'm a son of God. There is more to my life than this. And you can start. You know, even the phones that you, you have can read the Bible to you. When you are cooking, some people can say, well, I'm a mother, you know, or I've got little kids. Before I do this and do that, you know, I don't have time for the word. I don't have time. You can. You can put on the sermon on the radio instead of listening to only radio. I'm not saying don't listen to the radio sometimes. I listen to the radio on my way to work, but I listen to premier praise. So they bring me the news in between praise and worship. They bring me the news in between the word. So I have the word constantly before me. Some people will say, oh, you know, pastor, I wish I could speak the word like you. There are other people I look up to and it's like, wow, the way they know and have a revelation of the word and the dimensions in which they're moving, I think, wow, Lord, I want to be like this but there's no shortcut. It is diligence, day in, day out, day in, day out. You, and some people 
Maybe you need to cut your um, movie time. Some people, there are many movies on Netflix. Wow. Some people, if you invested in Netflix, you'll be getting money on the share stock market. But they are watching one Netflix movie after another. If you spend some of that time listening to the sermons, listening to the word of God, meditating on the word of God, you just realize it is you next. They'll be watching on Netflix. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I want to um, encourage everyone today. I want to encourage you. Those things that look impossible, God wants to make them possible. Every life we've looked at, we looked at the life of Abraham and Sarah. God did, if only, I'm sure they see from the balconies of heaven. And they were, and they thought, wow. So just obeying the word and walking before God could produce so much result that generations of the earth are blessed. And in you, God has a perfect plan. Not only to bless you when you walk before him, but he wants to make you a solution provider for your generation. He wants you to come before him and walk in divine perfection. It is already in you, but he wants to draw it out of you by his spirit. And so before I close, I, before we pray, I want to encourage you with this scripture in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. It is deeper than you think, but then revelation comes by the spirit of God. By the, in Isaiah chapter 10, the children of Israel were already like in the bondage, under bondage of the Assyrians. And you know, the Assyrians were wicked to them. They, anytime the children of Israel are in bondage, you can imagine the kind of burden, the yoke and the wickedness that will happen to them. And God gave them a word. And God is giving you a word today in Isaiah 10, 27. He said, ah, and we're going to read it together. He said, it shall come to pass, and it shall come to pass in that day. Hallelujah. That his burden shall be taken away from, sorry, I've got my own interpretations on it, but I'm going to go straight there and read it from the scripture to make it easy. And then I'll come up with my, with the interpretation or the full interpretation of it. So let's go to Isaiah 10, verse 27, so that we can all be on the same page and I don't confuse things. Praise God. Isaiah 10, verse 27. He says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden, this is the burden of the Assyrian king, shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Some version says anointing oil, some version says fat because we know that oil is a kind of fat. Okay, I want us to look at this scripture again and I'm going to expand it so that we can be blessed. It says, and it shall come to pass in that day. And today God is saying today, this is happening for us. That his burden, 
I want you to think of whatever burden that you carry. You know, when I was meditating on this scripture, I thought of the gym when I went to carry weights. Hmm. And you know that weight is a burden, but you use it to flex your muscle. Hmm? But if you go and carry the one that is too heavy, right? And you know, where do they put the, where does it land? On shoulders before it goes up, isn't it? And then the strong people can put it down. And it says, when it goes down on your shoulder, you've seen some people carry it to the point where they can't lift it up and they can't put it down. That kind of burden. Burdens, are, imagine then somebody doing that and carrying that all their life, carrying burdens, right? But Jesus says, the Isaiah, it said in Isaiah, the government of the kingdom, the government shall be upon his shoulder. Hallelujah. No wonder the Bible says, come to me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Heavy laden, carrying loads, heavy loads, because the government is now upon Jesus' shoulder so that we don't carry any burden. So now I want us to look at the scripture. It says, and in that it shall come to pass, and it's coming to pass, is now in our lives in Jesus' name, that any burden that we are carrying, we're giving it to Jesus. Because in him, the burden carrier is here. It's taking the burden from off our shoulders or off your shoulder. Hallelujah. It's not to be carried about. It is an encumbrance. It doesn't make you move further. Can you imagine the person carrying the weight, eating and drinking? Can he, how far can he go in life with that kind of burden? How burdens are encumbrances. They do not let, they are loads that hinder us from the divine perfect plan of God for our lives. It says, it shall be taken off your shoulder. Hallelujah. Praise God. And his yoke from off thy neck. Anytime there's a yoke on one's neck, I know that, you know, we look at the um, situation where animals are yoked to animals, but wow, this yoke is different. This yoke I want to talk about today, when we go deep into the meaning of it, is so different. And it says, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So church, I want us to look at this. Yoke in Hebrew means ole. And this yoke is come from the root word allow. Allow means to make a fool of someone. So I want you to listen carefully. A yoke is something that wants to make a fool of us. A yoke is something that deals with us severely. A yoke diverts. It's a diversion from the purposes of God, of God's intention. A yoke is a defilement or abuse. So God was telling the children of Israel, and he's saying to us today, his yoke, the yoke of the world, the yoke of abuse, the yoke of defilement, the yoke that makes you look like you don't know what you're doing, the yoke that makes, another meaning of yoke is to make a child of something that makes you look like you can't get it right, you are still a child. That yoke that defiles or abuse or deals with us severely or that yoke that makes wants to make a fool of us. What did God say about it? It says it sh shall be removed from off your neck 
it shall be destroyed. Why? Because of the anointing. Now, you are in Christ. The anointing of Christ is in you and you are seated in him. The Bible says we are seated in Christ, the anointed one, in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. Are we, are we getting it? Hallelujah. Are we being blessed? In Christ, the more we are conscious of who we are, the more we look at the word of life, the more we walk in it and be doers of the word, the more yokes of impossibilities, things that are defiling us, things that are making us dealing severely, making us not look up, are destroyed. Hallelujah. He didn't only say it will be taken off our necks. They will be destroyed. And what is destroyed? What God has destroyed because of his anointing cannot come back because you have grown beyond the yoke in Christ. What is he calling us to do? To grow more in him. Hallelujah. Praise God. I hope somebody's blessed today. This is the day. It's coming to pass. It's already settled in heaven. It's going to be a reality in our lives so that we can walk in divine perfection. And all those things that are dealing with us in our minds, physically around us, that is making us look that it's not possible to hear God, it's not possible to walk in divine possibilities. God has said it. For what is impossible with man is possible with God. And if therefore becomes possible with God, it is possible with us in Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, shall we begin to thank God for his word? What, what is that yoke? What is that encumbrance? What is that impossibility? What are those challenges? I call them challenges. I use the word challenge because challenges are meant to be overcome in our lives. What are those things that are making us look down and not look up? And today, because the grace of God is in us, we thank him for his word. We say, thank you, Jesus, for the finished work. Thank you that we have received of your fullness. And not only have we received of your fullness, but grace upon grace, grace for grace. And that, Lord, you showed us the example of what you did in the life of Abraham and Sarah that we use as reference points today because that same covenant that you wrought with them is operative in us today because of Jesus. And because they could walk before you and be perfect and your divine perfect plan could happen in their lives, we thank you today that your divine perfect plan can, will happen in our lives in Jesus' name, in our homes, in our families, in every work of our hands that we would walk upright and in, in integrity before you, that thank you, Lord, that you are a covenant-keeping Father. You have cut this covenant of grace. Grace is in us. Grace and truth has come by Jesus. And Father, thank you for the grace to continually look into your word of life, to continually work in this divine perfect plan that you have for us. We thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name, amen. And we're going to come to the table of grace. We're going to break bread as we do. 
is so important because every time we come into the table, it, it says we've come to the table of blessing. So I want to give you time to get your bread, your crisps, your biscuit, your juice, whatever you have. God has a divine plan of completion. And you know what? We do this seemingly physical things, but they are weighty in the kingdom because we are operating by kingdom principles. So when we do it, we do it by faith. So let's get our Holy Communion um, things. Amen. As we come before him this afternoon, we're going to do it the way of the kingdom. Let's raise it up to heaven. Hallelujah. Raise up your body and blood. We'll do it together of Jesus. And we, let's bless it. I want you to bless it and say, Father, I bless these emblems as the body and blood of Jesus. And I pray in Jesus' name that every blessing at this table every blessing that we need to continually walk in divine perfection, we receive at this table of grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we lift up the body of Jesus and declare this is the body of Jesus? The body of Jesus is anointed. And as I take his body into mine, I share in his nature and I share in his anointing. And because the yoke is not only removed from our necks, but destroyed because of the anointing, as I take his body into mine, every yoke is destroyed, removed, every burden from off my shoulder and the shoulder of my home, my family, and everything I lay my hand upon. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we eat together? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Shall we lift up the cup and declare this is the blood of Jesus? The life of Jesus is in his blood. This blood has not only been shed for remission of my sins, but there is a new covenant shed because of this blood. There's a new covenant ratified for me in the blood. As I take in the blood of Jesus into my body. I invoke every covenant that this blood has cut for me to work in my life in Jesus' name. As Jesus lived by the Father, so I walk in life through Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we drink together? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Shall we pray? Even as we, I always like us to pray after Holy Communion because we are not only being reminded or of the covenant that Jesus has shared for us, we are now speaking as people and declaring, making declarations and praying as people that have, we have eternal life already. So 
we are coming, we are blessed because of the body and blood, and then we pray accordingly. And I want us to come together and pray as families, pray in your homes, and just begin to declare the grace to begin to walk in divine perfection, the grace to read the word, the grace to understand the word, the grace to become not only a hearer, but a doer, a performer of the word of God. Ah, it rests upon me. Let it begin to walk inside of me in the name of Jesus. Remember, grace and truth has come by Christ. I receive that grace. I'm walking in that grace in the name of Jesus. And it's grace upon grace. Grace upon grace in the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to begin to declare that grace upon your home, upon your children, upon everything you lay your hands upon. That to, from today, I'm going to be conscious in Jesus' name. Every member of my family, all my children, my husband, my wife will become conscious of the grace of God that they already carry. That Lord, we will, through this grace, as we look into the word, we won't forget what we look like, but we will remember that we are sons of God. We will remember that we are new creatures. We will remember that we are seated in Christ in heavenly places. We will remember that in the place we sit, there is an anointing and that anointing breaks every yoke, removes burdens of limitations in the mighty name of Jesus. So I want you also to pray today that every burden of limitation I re is removed off my shoulder in the mighty name of Jesus. I give every burden to Jesus because the word of God says, come to me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest for your soul. Father, we receive rest in Jesus. Even as we are conscious that we are seated in him in Jesus' name. Everything, every power, every way that has troubled you, every burden, that every stress that is upon your shoulder. Father, I want you to begin to pray that it is removed in the mighty name of Jesus. Because the burden carrier, the Lord carrier is Jesus. He says, I exchange your, let's do a burden exchange. Father, today I lay my burden on you. Jesus, I lay my burden on you and I take on your yoke, which is light and easy. And Father, we also thank you. I want you to be also pray that every yoke, what, what are yokes? We have discovered what they are today. Everything that wants to make a mockery of us, everything that wants to make us childish, everything that wants to exact wickedness in our lives, everything that wants to limit us. Father, today, because of the anointing of Jesus, it is destroyed in Jesus' name. According to the word of God in Isaiah 10 verse 27, it is destroyed. It's not only removed from our necks, it is destroyed in the mighty name of Jesus. Therefore, every yoke upon any life at the sound of my voice, we decree it is destroyed. I decree it is destroyed today in the mighty name of Jesus. No more limitations, no more impossibilities. I want you to declare it over your home. Peradventure, there is a child that you feel, ah, oh, this child is underperforming. Huh. What does the word of God say? The word of God says the yoke is destroyed because of the anointing. And Father, because we are anointed, when we speak your word, it is so in the mighty name of Jesus. Every child of ours moves in the anointing, moves in glory, moves to the height and divine plan 
that God has set for them. Therefore, no yoke of limitation will stop them in Jesus' name because they are removed and they are destroyed to the glory of God the Father. Any yoke that has told you operating in your life all this time that has been telling you, no, you can only go thus far, no further. Today, in the mighty name of Jesus, it is destroyed. Every mountain that you have seen as impossible, today, in the mighty name of Jesus, we declare destroyed in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, we ask in Jesus' name that, Lord, as we have heard the word today, we're not going to stop only on Sundays. We receive that grace to make every part of our lives bring you either in praise, in worship, in prayer, in hearing of the word, in listening to sermons, going to read books that will enhance our spirituality, enhance our connection and our revelation of the word of God. Father, I pray over every home that we will do this in Jesus' name, that our lives will not only be about people who hear the word and look in the mirror, go about their business and forget who they are, but would always be conscious, we would live life conscious of who we are to the glory of God the Father. Father, we say thank you. We give you glory and we give you honor. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we're going to bring out our offerings next. Thank you, Father, for hearing us. We're going to, I'm going to, um, I always do my offering over the phone and your tithe. Praise God. Hmm. The Bible says when we bring our tithes and our offering, we are blessed. He says he will bless us and so he will not only open up the windows of heaven unto us, but he will pour out a blessing that will not have enough room to contain it. He says he himself will rebuke the devourer for our sakes. Hallelujah. He says, it goes on. He says, nations will call you blessed. And I want to, as you, as you bring your offering and your tithe before the Lord today, I want you to raise it up wherever you are. I'm doing mine through my phone. So I'm going to raise up my phone before I hit pay or make payment. I lift it up to heaven. I say, Father, I lift up my offering. I bring it to you with my tithe because I know that whatever I do, so kingdom style, not only with a heart of faith, but a heart of gratitude, knowing that what you give me, what you give me, is yours anyway, but I'm giving you back what is yours. I want to be diligent in my tithe and in my offering to say, Father, thank you. I bring it back to you. What is yours? I do not want to take. And I say, Lord, I know that your word surely comes to pass. That nations begin to call us blessed, even as we do this in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. It is done, it is done, it is done. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, I want to bless you. I want to say a prayer of blessing over you before we share grace, the grace and our watchword. And before I do that, I know that the Scottish government has said places of worship can meet. However, there are clauses to this meeting. They're saying when we meet, we can't sing and we can't chant. So we have to be quiet and just listen to music. And if anybody's taking praise worship, 
they have to have a screen in front of them. But things are progressing every day. We were looking um, to open the 23rd and the week after the 20, uh, the 23rd is a Sunday when they said we can open, that places of worship can begin to open. But we've had to, the, me and the leaders are meeting to have a risk assessment because their rules is not going to be as we did it before. And so I have to do, give you a date because we want to put things in place. We want to be able to do it in a way that not only are we safe, but you feel safe to come to church. And so it's not going to be business as usual immediately. There has, there's going to be restrictions. For example, it's going to be family services for now. And we can't have food and drink after. There's so many things we can't do. They only want us to come and worship. So I don't want us to rush to go and be so limited without getting things in place. But I know that, especially in Scotland, the cases are in singles every day. And they are th putting things in place to limit um, the disease spreading further or us having a second wave. However, we have a law of the land, but we are not limited because in our houses, when we're doing praise and worship, we can stand, we can sing, we can do all, we are free. But when we go to the building, we are not that free. But and know that once we've done the risk assessment and the things begin to relax, we're going to ease gently into how things used to be. However, we know that we need all to be in agreement and we will, I will update you as things go on. But it's not too long again before we can meet each other and praise God and worship him together and celebrate his goodness over all our lives. Amen. Praise God. And so I pray for all of us. I pray for all of you today that the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord make his covenant to shine, countenance, Hallelujah. To shine upon you and give you peace. You are blessed coming in. You are blessed going out. Everything you lay your hands upon this week is blessed in Jesus' name. You are shielded. You are protected. Remember, you are in Christ. And you are untouchable to the powers of darkness. You are blessed and it can never be reversed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so we're going to share our watchword. Hallelujah. Even as we close. Praise God. It says, let's go. For even the whole creation of nature waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. I'm a son of God and I'm called and graced to manifest as such this year and beyond in Jesus name. Amen. And shall we share the grace together in fellowship, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. And we decree to each other and say, surely his goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your lives, and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Shall we give God three wondrous hallelujahs? Shall we go? Hallelujah. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed that message. For more information, head over to teamchurchglasgow.org. And remember, let's be doers of the word, not just hearers. Until next time.